Come, Holy Spirit, touch our minds and think with them. Touch our lips and speak with them. And touch our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Amen. It was a really simple piece of furniture, this breakfast room table. If my, my parents had been of a later generation, they probably would have bought it at Ikea. Uh, it was laminated, very simple. And it was around that dining room table, it became the breakfast room table, that I always had meals uh, my, through my childhood. I never remember a day it wasn't a part of the household. But what was seared in my mind was that evening, a Friday evening, Friday after Thanksgiving in 1971, when my father sat, my brother, my sister, my mother, and I at the table and told us he was leaving. And at first I didn't get what that meant. He said he was leaving for another woman. And what happened in that moment was literally the family shifted around the table and centered ourselves around our mother as our family literally broke apart. Years later, when Terry and I were setting up our household, my mother said she didn't need the table anymore, and it went with us. And it was around that table that my kids and high chairs and such lived their childhood and so on and so forth and a few weeks ago that dining room table went into my son's new home as he and his fiancee prepare for their marriage in June that table is scarred and marred and deformed to some extent but it's still sturdy as anything built in the, the 1950s would be and it still functions just fine. Today we, we heard the story of another table. And it's a table with equal amounts of brokenness to the table I told you about. And I tell you about my table and remind us of Jesus' table with Judas. Because I suspect, while you may not have a table with quite the continuity that I just described, you have a continuity of table. And we have in our midst the Jesus table, which is the one that makes all the difference. And around the Jesus table are the beloved disciple, all those other disciples, yes, Peter who denies, and assuredly Judas, even as he leaves, who betrays. And I want to zero in for just a moment on Judas. Because in so many ways, I suspect Judas is the identified patient. Because if we are really honest with each other, like Judas, we have our frustrations with God, with Jesus, and we too give up on Jesus and turn our back and yes, even betray the one who loves us the most. Again, returning again to that table in my home, I often think of that moment with my father, a moment within our family which is of deep betrayal. And my continuing to this day 
with questions of relationship with my father whom I love but see no longer. Again, I wonder where your story and Judas's story and my story intersect. My suspicion is that they intersect at the table of Jesus. And what we do in this hour, the simple thing that we do of breaking bread and taking wine in remembrance of Jesus is the very act of repairing the fellowship. Madeline Lingle tells a story that it's a myth, but you all have studied Old Testament and New Testament. You understand how powerful and truthful myths can be. So if you haven't heard this myth, I will tell it to you. And if you've heard it before, it's worth hearing again. That after the death of Judas, Judas, he found himself at the bottom of a slimy pit. And after a thousand years of weeping for his repentance, he looked up and saw a tiny glimmer of light. After contemplating it for yet, oh, about another thousand years, he began to climb. He'd climb and climb and then slide back down and climb again and slide back down. And years later, he finally made it. He was at the top. And he dragged himself into an upper room. And there were 12 people seated around the table. We've been waiting for you, Judas, said Jesus. We couldn't begin until you arrived. My own sense of that eternal table, I know who I'm waiting for. Who are you waiting for? What does your table look like? And who do you need to welcome? With whom will Jesus find the chair of reconciliation right beside you?